Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby. Hello, hello to Critical Geeks. It's a it's a brand new year, and so we're bringing brand new games, some delayed, brand new films, some we haven't seen, and brand new everything. And today, I think we're going to talk about some films, aren't we, Ryan? Yeah, it's, it doesn't really feel like a brand new year. I'm knackered already. Like I'm just as tired as <laughs> now as I was at the end of the last year. Well, that's you're supposed to be knackered. You Christmas and Christmas, New Year's. You have some fun, eat some food. Are you? Are you? Like, are we that old now that we need time off to recover from our time off? I think I think that's that's what everyone does at Christmas, yeah. don't they? They, yeah. they say January, you know, oh January, so Christmas is over. I need January to relax. No one spends any money, but we're lucky because we've got piles of games, I do have piles of films to play and get watch. And uh, there's been some game delays. Cyberpunk's been delayed till September. I don't, I'm not surprised. I don't know. Like everyone, people seem surprised by this, and I'm like, look how big the game is. Of course, it's going to get delayed. It just seemed expected. It's a long delay. I mean, it's a really long delay. Like it makes me wonder what. Cause it's not polish. You don't delay that long for polish. The, I mean, based on the kind of caliber of The Witcher, or The Witcher Three, technically, I guess. I'm like, fine. If they need more time, take it. Mm. Like we've been waiting how long? If it needs to be delayed to be fixed or to make better or whatever they're going to do to it, do it. I'd rather that than it launch poorly. There's a lot of people angry that's been delayed. With the typical, whoa, who gives a fuck? I want to play it now. Type attitude. And most people are happy it's delayed as long as it's good. Yeah. As long as it's good. I mean, it helps that I've got a lot of stuff I need to play anyway. So I'm not, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm short of things to play. I haven't released my game. I've got a ton of stuff to play. So I'm like, if anything, it gives me more time to finish other stuff. Like, I'm happy that Final Fantasy VII Remake's been delayed. Only by about a month. But it means that, A, I've got more time to actually go back and finish the original. And it doesn't clash with our holiday to New York. So otherwise it was going to come out and then like three days later we were going to get on a plane and it's not like I'm going to take my PlayStation to New York. So I'm glad. So it gives you more time and it's more convenient. Yeah, I think the next big game that I'm going to play is Resident Evil 3, which is fine because uh, I could do, uh, what, is that 10, 20 hours? Resident Evil, 2, Resident Evil 2 was about 10 or 12 hours. So Resident Evil 3 is fine. Yeah. But Cyberpunk, I still haven't finished a lot of games and I bought a PC recently, and I've been playing Total Warhammer 2 yeah. and Total Warhammer 1. Making me jealous. Which I think I've played over 100 hours on both now. Jesus. I could have finished some games on my Xbox, but never mind. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've, we've got games to come, and games have been delayed, but it's January, and that, of course, means, fuck you, but it's January when it comes to films. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. But we've, we've seen um, Jojo Rabbit. Yep, the Tikihi Wahiti film about the young boy in Nazi Germany who fantasizes about Hitler and idolizes him, which was great. It wasn't shit, no. Unlike Thor Ragnarok, which was shit. <laughs> Talking about more like, films, you put you put me off like a, I was. Let's see, Jojo Rabbit. This little boy's imagining Freddy's Hitler. This sounds odd and entertaining. Let's go watch it. And it's like, oh, it's a whatever it's called movie. And I was like, ah, oh, Ragnarok was shit, so it put me off. But then we watched it, and it was fantastic. It was a great movie. It was very funny. It was. Uh, his small fat friend stole yep. the show. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. well, it, what it did really well was, like, 
the old cliche of tragedy and comedy go together, but it managed to be light-hearted and funny about topics that aren't light-hearted or funny. Mm. But then at the same time, would suddenly just be that with some tragedy, and you'd be like, oh, shit. So it was like, when you laugh, it was really funny, because the laughter was kind of getting you out of the grips of the spare of the tragedy it was showing you. But then when it did hit you with the tragedy, because you were so high one minute, it was like a huge emotional crash down. Um, when the shoes appear, which isn't an yeah. out-of-context spoiler, it was just like, oh, holy shit. And yeah, it, it, was just, it yeah. did a great job of comedy in the setting, in the yeah. era, and comedy using Hitler and Nazis. And then when it needed to say, oh, remember, this is a World War Two film yeah. about the Second World War and Nazis and propaganda and brainwashing, it did a good enough job of making you feel upset or a little bit sick or unhappy about what's happening on screen, but it was a great film. Great yeah, film. It's one of those things where like, you shouldn't make jokes about that kind of stuff, and it's like, well, jokes are funny, so if you can laugh at something, do it. Yeah, I like, don't know how well it did in the cinemas. I think it will be a film that probably gets a lot of success if it goes on Netflix or Amazon or... Despite just looking at the Oscar nominations for Best Picture, I've yeah. forgotten if it was nominated for Best Picture. I think I think the director was I think it was up there for the director, but uh, we're getting to the Oscars in a minute because we're going to talk about Oscars and Oscar controversies, which is every year, and obviously different different films that we've seen and films that we're never going to see because they're not out yet. No, so I mean, it won't matter us guessing those on the Oscars. And why I insist on staying up till four AM to watch the fucking you, thing? You do watch. This I don't know why day. because I'm not a rich kind of Hollywood type, and it would have no bearing. But I'll just stay up and watch it. It was good the year Chris Rock hosted it. I don't remember what year that was. Mm. And then the hosts since then have just been kind of meh. Should they get Ricky Gervais to host it? Probably not. I mean, he does the Golden Globes now, doesn't he? I suppose yeah. it would be a bit shit. I mean, he's already offended half of they, Hollywood. Yeah, they're probably fine with the Golden Globes, but the Oscars, oh no, we can't have yeah. all our superstars being insulted by this. Yeah, people talk about the Oscars anyway. No one cares about the Golden Globes. So having Ricky Gervais do it and then piss people off and be controversial makes people talk about the Golden Globes, mm. so it's worth doing. So yeah, we saw Jojo Rabbit, which was a brilliant film, and we saw last week, 1917. It's already film of the year. Like, yeah, it... Uh, I think I gave it 10 out of 10. I couldn't find any flaws with it. We don't review films. We don't review films, do no, we? But like, we always say, oh, well, what score would you give it? But uh, it was 10 out of 10 for me. It was a Sam Mendes proving that one-shots can work in a film. There were some very sneaky, clever edits. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, is, I mean, yeah. no, you don't need to piss on the, you know, chips. No. Like, it, it worked. It, it felt continual, even when logically your brain knows it wasn't. But who cares? Because it felt like a continual journey. Because he did a, a one-shot at this one-shot in Casino Royale. I can't remember which one film it was. It was the, the start, I think, Casino Royale. Or, I don't think it was Skyfall. There's this long scene in a sort of Day of the Dead carnival. And that was all turned in one shot. So we obviously caught the bug from that and thought, oh, I'll do a whole film. Mm-hmm. film it, I mean, it worked. It was, it was harrowing and it was hanging and heartbreaking. Everything you want from a war movie, really. Mm. Um, but it managed to do it in a really not kind of natural, nationalistic way. It wasn't like, these guys are good, these guys are bad. It was just, these men are in danger. Go save them. What pissed me off is, I saw this on Twitter, there was, my favourite part of the movie was uh, a scene towards the end. Which again, we won't really spoil. You mean the bit where he's running in a straight line running, from the trailer? Running the trench, yeah. the trench <laughs> bit from the trailer. Now that's in the trailer, but that's fine. When you see it in the trailer, it just it's the big set piece. You're like, oh my god, he's wow, that's a fantastic looking bit. But on the bloody on the internet, on the Twitter, 
they've got trailers. Someone is, I don't know who the company was, but they said, look, here's behind the scenes of them filming that scene in full. So you've got one screen to the left, which is the exact scene from the trailer, and one scene to the right, box to the right, which is the filming. So you see like the director and all the camera yeah. crew, and all the, 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 the there's these giant like holes in the ground with mats on them, which is where the explosions are going to go. So if you're an extra, you know not to run over Don't the giant run over explosion. A bit short there, work. Yeah, but I was like, no, and he had like seven million views or eleven million views. Like this daily clip, I was like, no, don't don't put this on the. I know it's going to make people watch the film, but now people are going to be waiting for that bit in the film, which is the climax. Because before that, there's a long build up to this scene with great music and it's building, building, building. And no, it's fucking why do that? Just just. I suppose get the buzz, it's buzz, but get the buzz out a different way. <coughs> I suppose once you've got past your initial release weekend, all bets are off. Like people who go see it in the first week, were going to go see it regardless of what they had or hadn't seen. Like, once we knew it was called 1917 and about World War One, we were going to go watch it. Mm-hmm. And then the trailers looked great, so we went to watch it. But if you're not massively into kind of war history or those kind of movies, maybe you wouldn't. Whereas maybe going look at the amazing thing we've just done, you might go, oh, I'll watch it now, and then you obviously get the whole experience. Yeah. I, I, it's got good reviews. It's got really good reviews. Don't say I could get bad ones? No. It's... Well, I, I found one bad review, which was some... I can't fucking remember the name of the website. And it was a guy saying, gave it like... It was on a Metacritic, so you see the Metacritic score, and you go, what the fuck? Like, why is this so low? And it was some guy saying that it was a rubbish film because of patriotism, imperialism, and not showing it as patriotism in the Trump era and it's a dangerous film because of any somehow link it back to Trump so the review let's say the review was a thousand words a hundred of those words was about the film and the rest were about and the rest was about to something to do with like, social just, politics just fucking well, so he wouldn't shut up it was just words it, it was words it was just going maybe he was more intelligent than me and I didn't understand it but it was just endless text about Trump and naturalism nationalism and Patriotism, and I was like, oh, "What is this?" Well, At no point does he mention the words cinematography, script, acting. He doesn't review the film. Yeah, just He's just on about something. It's like, "Shut up!" See, I thought it did a really good job of. You know that the characters you're following are British or English because a their accents, b their uniforms, and c they they just are. You know mm. they are. So you know naturally they're fighting the Germans and all their forces. But at no point was it like, fuck you, Bosch. It was just, these these two blokes were after to get... Because the war wasn't about the actual conflict. It's about the kind of story and journey of these two men and what their, their mission is. So it's not it's not a war movie that's like, yes, look how bad they were and we were going to stop them. Especially because World War One wasn't that kind of war. So it's like, you can't really complain about... Like, there was zero nationalism in it. No. Like, it wasn't like... It was like, oh, look at Western imperialism. It was like... I mean, technically, that was the whole fucking war because Germany pretty Western too. But... No, there was, there was no problems and no problems with any flag waving. I don't actually think you see a single flag in the entire movie. I mean... Um, no, I mean, not... When I'm thinking of the, the places they are in the film, I don't think so. No, and then, you know... If anything, there's one scene, one scene that shows them trying to help someone and then something happens in that scene, but the, the person they're trying to help is not British. Yeah. And they're just helping the person because they're human beings. It didn't come across as like a lot of American war films where they're waving the flag and there's a, some slow, sad trumpet being played. And oh shit, like, it could have been like a slow motion last stand on a hill. Yeah. Explosions run up behind him and then just as the, he fires his final shot to win the day, a flagpole explodes and the flag slowly falls behind him and drapes in the background while the music flares <laughs> and all Americans stand up in the centre and salute. And, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, disgusting. <laughs> it wasn't that. Duh. Um, but no, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which reminds me of I'm pretty sure I that. I went to watch Spider-Man 3 and it was fucking awful. But there's one shot where Spidey swings on like a building and as he gets close to the building it shows you from behind and an American flag fills the entire background of the screen like the entire background is just the American flag with Spidey in the foreground and I was like the fuck is this? Spider-Man who's never been a patriotic symbol like, of America that's yeah, Captain like, America's job you say USA and I don't think Peter Parker no <laughs> um, still? Uh, yeah 1917 was brilliant again flawless film for me there's stupid people nitpicking about stuff which is Oh, it's it's movie nitpicking. Well, my answer is usually, well, then the film wouldn't happen. Well, I like a good nitpick in a war movie or a gun movie. Mm. Like, I'll happily count the amount of rounds we will fire out of a gun just just to complain that it fired too many rounds. Like, you can't fit that many bullets in that gun. Like, in the Joker, when I'm like, I'm sure he fired too many rounds. Oh, yeah, we discussed this, didn't we? And I tried counting it on my second watch, and I was like, no, he definitely fired six. He was like, no, he fired this many. Like, ah, I'm pretty sure he fired too many to fit in that gun. Anyway, but. I was so engrossed in this film, I kind of forgot to do that. Um, I'm pretty sure it would have been accurate anyway. I mean, there's not a whole host of action in the movie, to be fair. No. Um, mm. I mean, the Germans in the movie are absolutely shit shots. Like, no, they have to be for the sake of the plot, and it's just plot armour, but Jesus Christ, these Germans can't shoot. Yeah, but... We all, big giant they literally bolt- were stormtroopers. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just couldn't hit shit. But then for a big bolt action, this is going to go completely off topic, but a big giant bolt action rifle... Still aim the fucking thing. Really yeah, but there's a probably a big difference between bang on and slightly missed. I'm pretty sure every shot was like fired from the hip. It's like, use your iron sights, you lazy bastard. Ah, they'd miss it if it's on the hip anyway. Um, other movies I saw, Dolomite is My Name on Netflix, which is Eddie Murphy. Um, when did Eddie Murphy become okay again? Like In I, this movie. I like Eddie Murphy, and I've always liked Eddie Murphy, but then there was a point, I don't know, was it like six years ago, where him and Mel B, the former Spice Girl, well, she's still a Spice Girl. I guess she's still a Spice yeah, Girl. Yeah, always a Spice um, Girl. They had, like, there was some like paternity drama about one of her kids, and she said it was Eddie's, and he was like, it's not mine, and then the world kind of took Mel B's side, and apparently he was a dick. Well, he, he made the, the, the Nutty Professor. What's the film when he loves the big fat family? Yeah, the, the Clumps. Clumps, yeah. So he made those films, and then well, nothing. And then well, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? When you're out of... The well, not so much that he's obscured. He was just kind of like, oh, don't talk about Eddie Murphy because he's part of the like patriarchy and he's horrible to women. And it was like, okay, okay, so as a collective society or marketable society, we don't like Eddie Murphy. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, Eddie Murphy's back is all over Because they're, they're actors and as soon as they're in something people like, all well, is forgiven. Oh, I like Eddie Murphy. Oh, his personal life's none of my fucking business. I think it's funny. Beverly Hills Cup's one of my favourite series of all time. Eddie Murphy's entertaining. He's cheeky. He's good. Yeah, he was likeable in those films. Um, he was brilliant in this. He doesn't look anything like Rudy Baymore, who's the, the, the real-life actor it's based on. But it's like, fine, it's fine. Um, it was really funny. It was very entertaining. And it's made me want to watch all of his films rather than before. He's kind of this clip, meme clip of you know the famous bitch are you for real scene. Of my head, never heard it, but I'll have to go deep dive. Yeah. I'll watch the Eddie Murphy movie because it's got Eddie Murphy in it. I didn't realise it was on Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Netflix um, exclusive, I think. Most of the time, stuff gets released the exclusives on Netflix. I just assume it was too shit for a proper distribution deal and don't end up watching it. Ah, but we'll get to that because Netflix is smashing out the films, isn't it? So they've got um, Marriage Story, which is one of the big Oscar nomination films with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. That's a Netflix film. It wasn't in the... Wait, 
Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are married in this film. Yes, I thought that when I saw Fuck the me. trailer. It's a spend disbelief, but not that much. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that when I saw the trailer. Um, not to insult Adam Driver, but do you know he was in the um, Marines? I do. It was he a Lance Corporal in the Marines? No, I just watched a talk where he said that he was in the Marines and basically didn't know what he wanted to do and he left. And, and just I've seen him with his shirt off in Last Jedi. He's clearly not done much Marine work since then. I mean... Just look at my own physique and I'm not really going to criticise But you're not a Marine, so I... He's an actor now. He's a <laughs> soft, you know, star. I mean, he's, you know, Kylo fucking Ren. He can, he can be a bit doughy if he wants. Have you seen... So I know you've got, we've got stands now on Twitter, which, is, which are obsessive fans, and that started with K-pop stuff. Like, I've seen news articles and articles, whatever, and someone will reply and go, oh, that's terrible. And underneath it, they'll have a gif of some K-pop woman... Dancing all sexy, and it's people like stop posting them. They're not relevant, and they're just obsessive fans. There's something now which is now apparently cancerous on Twitter, which are called kite no Raylos. They're called Raylos, and they are fans on Twitter that are obsessed with Kylo Ren and Ray being a romantic couple. Do you remember the South Park episode with Tweak and Craig, and how they had all these animated pictures of them like holding hands and all like yeah. romantic? It's basically that. Okay, it's but that. In, it's that but it was just life. people shipping a couple that for eight seconds in a movie were a couple. Were they even a couple in the movie? She just kisses. She kisses him because she's. she's oh, I think she realised it. I don't think. I just think she kissed him because one, she's back alive again, and two, she's like, oh my god, he's he's seen the light, and then he dies. But I don't think most of that movie was forced bollocks anyway. Well, we weren't going to Star Wars. We for two hours. Um, yeah, but I I said that Star Wars fans are like the worst nerdum on the planet. The worst fan base on the yeah, planet. I, now. You know, I'll agree. Because, and I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, but I feel like it's this weird generational thing where you've got like the older generation who, uh, for them, fundamentally, Star Wars is their franchise. They were, they were kids when it came out. They had all the Kenner toys. They've grown up with the entire journey. Then you've got my generation who first Star Wars we had with the remasters in the 90s. So we've kind of got like a slightly different version of the originals, but still the originals. Then you've got the kids, I'll call them kids, who are... Uh, had the prequels like I I have friends whose first Star Wars movie was The Phantom Menace and they love the prequels and I don't I don't hate them but I'm like well you can't say they're better than the original no I, this is another thing so we've got these and now you've got kids Lillows. who love the new ones yeah. and I'm like fair that's enough that's fine it's a generational thing but like, you find franchise has been around for that long of course it's yeah good. but that's fine but you find that the toxic people on the internet tend to be either it's always the middle group it's like my generation who don't really have any proper right to it because we got re-releases of someone else's movies so all the people who are older than us who saw the originals if they're getting pissy and twatting on the internet fair enough I mean most of them are older they're not really using the internet but then you've got the young kids who saw the prequels who don't like how the new ones are but fair enough but then you've got my generation of the ones that they're whingy twat to and like it's not proper Star Wars or whinging about how why wasn't Luke doing this and Ray's and Mary Sue and it's like fuck off so was Luke yeah and it's um, so these fans are like obsessed with the romantic relationship that these two characters they're basically fan fiction but they will shout and insult and go mental at people who disagree with them and John Boyega insulted their fandom yeah, because he put a picture of like, oh, here's your romance theory, and it was Ray driving a lightsaber through Kylo Ren's <laughs> chest. Yeah. 
And apparently everyone went ballistic on social media, blocking him and insulting him and saying, oh, we liked you and trusted you and believed in you and how dare you? And it's like, oh my God, fans are fucking... They know they're fictional characters, right? Yeah, fans are mental. And so this group have gone ballistically angry at them. I mean, he responded by making a video of like him batting away their tweets or running over their insults. He basically found loads of their insults and put it on a video. And like, and then he was the, he was like, he was the internet hero for about two hours. Fair. On I mean, Twitter. yeah. I mean, my favorite tweet here will always be James Blunt because that man's Twitter account is fucking hilarious. He's very funny, isn't he? I don't he's like so his funny. music, but his Twitter's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Dolomite's my name was really good. I'd advise seeing that. We haven't seen Marriage Story yet. Probably won't bother. No, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Um, if I watch it, it's just going to be Jess nagging me about when we're getting married. So it's just fuel for the well, fire. Wait till she's gone to sleep and then watch it. Then. Well, I don't think Marriage Story is a happy story. It's about two people divorcing. So definitely, don't, definitely don't watch that. <laughs> um, there's um, what are the other Oscar films? There is the South Korean Parasite. South Korean Parasite film. <gasps> that looks really good right so I remember seeing that in a trailer when we were in the cinema for Rope Joe Rabbit and it was just it was, it was, I, was like, I saw this film trailer come on and there were subtitles and I was Korean and I thought oh and I was going to watch this film I'm not going to give a shit about whatever this is, this is this is just a foreign film coming into English cinemas and English and Western people don't want to watch some of the subtitles and all the reviews pop up you know so like they get at least one line one word reviews it was like gripping terrifying amazing whatever and there was loads of loads of these come up, and I didn't think anything of it. And I remember seeing it popping up on Twitter and nominations, and everyone was like, "Yeah, rightly so." I was like, "Oh wow, we know, this is see, this is what happens, isn't it?" The Oscars, we watch the Oscars, and it will go, and the best films are, and it will list all these films, and you and I will go, "Don't know what that is, never seen it, not out of reach, not, not here <laughs> yet, not here yet." Um, and I think Parasite's going to be one of those Oscar films which increases the hype because we see a trailer's come out suddenly and it will say Oscar winning film yeah, and it's in like England that. well, that's nice <laughs> we would like to watch it before yeah no. so Parasite looks like it's going to be a good one I mean um, Asian horror is just quite interesting I know it's normally, it's normally very different and because it's so different it's always unnerving I remember the first time I watched Old Boy and you get to the revelation of that and you're like holy shit what have I just watched and there's a Japanese horror movie called The Audition which isn't scary, but it's one of the most unsettling experiences you'll ever have with a film. Like mm. it's just, it's just hideous. Basic. The basic concept is, dad, like middle or late age dad, I guess middle aged, end of middle age, works at a TV studio. His wife died a long time ago. His kids are now teenagers. Don't really see eye to eye get on. Um, and he's winds around here and never meet the perfect woman. And his mate who works with him is like, oh, you know, could just audition the perfect girl. He's like, don't be stupid. Then his mate takes it seriously and they set up an audition, they describe what the perfect girl he wants and the auditioner, and then chaos ensues. But it's fucking terrifying and creepy as fuck. So I'd rather watch someone like that nine times out of ten than just some kind of social media rap says you're going to die soon bollocks. That, oh, whatever. <laughs> well, American horror films are terrible. There was one which was a Facebook horror where... This was it friend requests? Yeah, or and you'd added you. <laughs> you'd be killed or something if you didn't. I don't know. Ugh, what a stretch. Like their brand new page or something. But So I've got the list here. So best films at the Oscars. We've got 1917. So I gave that like a high score. Um, Ford and Ferrari. Then we could have saw that. That was one of the limited films. But about, I didn't, it's about cars. I don't yeah, really I would have. Uh, I was going to see it because I thought, oh, the cast's good. 
but it just went out of the cinemas, I never got to see it, and now, like you, I don't really care about seeing it. Now, uh, we saw The Joker. Good movie. Didn't like that version of The Joker. No, I felt like you're going to be... If you went into a room of people and you complained about The Joker, I feel like they'd lynch you. What? Joker's going to be on those films where everyone thinks it's ama- says it's amazing, loves it, thinks it's amazing, but people like yourselves, who are big Batman fans and know about a lot of the comics and lore and everything, will find faults of it. Well, the Joker's one of those characters that's so different, it's kind of hard to pin down a definitive version of, like, what is the Joker. You've got, like... Traditionally, you've got, like, the gangster, the psychopath, and then, like, the crime boss, essentially. And this this Joker wasn't any of them. And it's like, it's an origin story. And it's like, oh, that's what I want. The character before is fucking interesting. Mm. But my issue with this movie was... Him as a character, the movie was great, I enjoyed it, but the Joker as a character in it, I found it was really unsympathetic towards, I found him whingy and self-entitled and just a big cry maybe. But you didn't, I said to you, I bet this is a film that was made, didn't get a release or published or money or produced, and someone took the script and just wrote the word Joker in parts, because it's a rip, but people said it itself, it's a rip-off of two movies. Yeah. Taxi Driver um, is heavily influenced by it. And there's another film with Robert De Niro playing the same character. It's like an aspiring comedian, but I can't remember the name of that but film. To me, there's like the movie wanted you to feel sorry for him and kind of almost make his actions feel justified. But then at no point did it do any kind of setup of he's trying to help. So he's whinging about how he's basically a straight white man whinging about how hard the world is to be a straight white man while not trying to help anyone else out. If you don't see him at a soup kitchen trying to help the less fortunate, so he's basically going. Wah, I haven't got what I want. Wah. And then start shooting people for it. And it's like, not to sound like some kind of crazy ultra leftist person, but it's kind of a bad message to send. But like, yeah, when people don't get what they want, they can piss and whinge and hurt other people. But what I thought annoying was at the end of the film, when he's in the spoilers, when he's in the end of the film, when he's in the TV studio, and he starts going on this like social justice rant about no one cares about the little people out there. I was like, well, he's not, he's not ever like that, really, during the film. He's moaning about his own situation, but then he's like, he shoots this guy dead on TV, and that's supposed to inspire all of his followers. But surely a lot of those people are just going to be like, yeah, fuck the big... Oh, no, we don't want to kill him. Oh, no, no, this is way too much. But then, and then all of a sudden, he's, he's a, then he's a crime boss? Because I, I don't know where... Because when he shoots him, he's not... T- he's, he's, a, he's just angry. He's not psychopathic. No. Well, that's, I also didn't like how his laugh was a mental disorder that he just kind of happened as like a stress response. But then the movie, to me, did a really shit job of... It didn't differentiate between, oh, he's laughing as a stress response because of his mental or neurological condition, or now he's laughing because he's crazy and murdering people and enjoying himself. And I'm like, the Joker's laugh is one of the, the, the key parts of the Joker. So to take it away from his psychosis to me, or if it is a different psychosis, is a bit, well, it's not... A scary laugh if he's laughing because it's a stress response. But then people are like, oh, well, at the end, it's more of a free, it's more of a freedom laugh. He's just laughing because he's enjoying himself. And I'm like, well, they've done fuck all to pay that off. It, for the entire movie, it's a stress response. Yeah, every time he kills someone or is aggressive, he doesn't start getting amused by it. Yeah, when he blows that guy around the train station, he's not chuckling his ass off. No, he's shitting himself. If, any, if anything... But he starts doing a dance. If anything, <laughs> the, the more... The more violent and outrageous this becomes, that becomes his coping mechanism for whatever's going on, so he stops laughing. So it would make more sense if by the end of the movie you've got a completely stone-faced, morose joker 
that would be terrifying because you've had he's only laughed it's just once so once he starts dealing with the situation and feeling more control over his life the laugh goes away and it's like mm. but he's the fucking joker he's mm. supposed to be laughing uh, the next film is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I forgot we saw this yeah, yeah. I only remember because Tarantino's gross foot fetish is just flashed back into my brain. <laughs> he does have a foot fetish. This, like, why are the feet everywhere? It's gross. And I said that to you, and you told me that he actually had a foot fetish, and I was like, oh, fuck. Was that obvious? No, you, no, you told them. Did I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. No. And he said, he said, pay attention to, uh, pay attention to all of the, the feet in his films. Yeah, I mean, I, I've liked a lot of Tarantino films, but this, it was all right. I thought the ending was bonkers and a bit completely off tone to the rest of the... I liked the ultraviolet at the end because watching any movie with you that has horrible amounts of violence in is fantastic. Watch Black Swan when she sticks the nail file in her face. Oh. And, yep, similar yeah, action. Horrible. And then when Brad Pitt's character was smashing that girl's face off the mantelpiece and her face just caved in, the look of disgust and sound that came out of you was fantastic. It's almost like, oh no, I might just start filming you in movies and just so people can watch you go, oh! No, the, it's not, it's not needed. And then when the flame throw bit was great, it was so over the top and violent. And well, but it did make people laugh. It's it made sense, it made sense in the character. Um, Parasite, we haven't seen. It's not out yet. Um, Marriage Story and Irishman are both Netflix films. Oh, we've got to sit down and watch those. The Irishman's like a billion years old. Oh, no, I don't, I'm not really keen. I know, it's... It's, and it's just old gangsters being their old gangsters characters in old, old gangster films again I love old mafia movies so in theory like Casino is great Goodfellas is great I love not, but it's just like I don't have that much time to watch an hour and a half long movie so in that movie it's like three, three hours, hours, hours. It's just, I don't know I don't know um, and Little Women you walked out of after an hour with your girlfriend I technically my girlfriend left and I went with her um, <laughs> I don't know how it ends I've never read the book she knows how it ends because the ending spoiled in an episode of Friends. So she knew how it ended. Okay. So sitting through two hours when you know the ending, I can see why you might not care. Mm. But it was very slow. Um, I saw a lot of the stuff that marketing was basically just, hey, women are great, men are stupid. And I was kind of like, well, don't alienate half your audience. Yeah, it was smartly, you've, you've got smartly, smartly but, done with the trailer, but then we live in a world where everyone will hate that and complain about it regardless. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to watch a... Any kind of media about a struggling female writer in the 1800s. Watch Dickinson on Apple TV Plus because it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, little Women's. I feel like the Little Women film should have come out a few years ago because now it's going to suffer from. Well, we know what the internet's like. Eh, women, eh, feminazis, and all but that again, stuff. Just read the book. Like, oh, people don't read books. There's, stuff, there's some stuff that I'm just like, don't adapt. It's never gonna. It's never gonna work well. There's so much to cram in, and there's like the four sisters. They've got so much to do and get across. That you need a really long movie, but then because it's not particularly dramatic in like an action sense, the movie just kind of dragged a bit. So the girlfriend got bored, and off we went. Yeah, um, Jojo Rabbit marriage story. So we're going to wrap up now because it's only a short little film chat, yeah. and we are going to go and watch a film right now, aren't we? As well, we're going to go watch The Gentleman. Ryan, what should win Best Picture? Ooh. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Which yeah. is probably the least likely film I think there to win. Okay. Personally, I think it will least likely. He won't win. Um, I think Joker will win because of just because the popularity. Oh no! But if what I want to win is Jojo Rabbit, what mm-hmm. I think will win will be 1917. Okay, I will disagree. I think 1917's got a chance of winning. I think it'll win technical awards, but they won't make it the actual. They won't win the actual best picture award. Um, has Tarantino won an Oscar? I don't know. 
Maybe he'll get like Spike Lee and try and leave when he doesn't win his first one, and they'll have to lock the doors. Okay, I'll, I'll make some guarantee. I'll make some predictions now. Um, marriage Story. An Irishman will not win Best Picture because they're Netflix films. No, though, was it Parasite? Roma, won, Parasite. Was that a Netflix then? Yeah. Was it for Dead? Yeah, did you win Best Film or did you win? He won Summit. Okay. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm going to make. I'm going to say that. Marriage Story will win. Even though I just said it went win because it's a Netflix film. But I think, it, <laughs> I think, it's, un- mind, I think it's unlikely it'll win. <coughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won't win. Because it's not circle jerky enough. It's like why La La Land won. Because it was all... Oh, I saw La La Land recently. I didn't think much of it. Big old, oh, isn't making movies in Hollywood great? Are we fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> circle jerk, circle yeah. jerk. Um, it, you know, it's a bit out there. Um... No, okay. I, think, I think 1917 will win. I think it's too big a movie not to. It's kind of like it's that big, epic kind of blockbuster. It's come out at a weird time, start of the year. It's a weird time for it to come out. Well, I think by that, I think Joker will win. It better not win. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? I mean, I kind of hope it does, because being the DC f- comic fan that I am, I do quite like the idea of being able to say that <laughs> DC have won two Oscars. be quite fun. For you, yeah, for you, and your, uh, your DC and Marvel trolling. Although, although it's on par, DC will have Oscar-winning movies where I hate a portrayal of one of the characters in it. So that would work. There you go, there'd be a streak. Fucking um, dead shot my ass. Do you know what? I don't actually know what's going to win. I can't really decide, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm picking different movies for different reasons. Um, all right, fine, I'm going to say Joker, because you've got people going to the cinema, and Hollywood loves that. Right, I, I think 917 will win by one Judge Rabbit win because he tried something new it was different it was very funny it was well done it was heartwarming it was upsetting did he ever think I wanted a movie to do whereas while 1917 was fantastic it didn't get me to the highs and lows that Jojo Rabbit did mm. well I guess the next time we chat about this we'll do it just after the Oscars and we'll uh, I know we didn't really touch on every subject but I don't think Listing them all and choosing who we think is going to win as a predictions is terribly interesting unless you've seen well, I mean, every you, film. You can sum up something like best actor in a supporting role, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is never a supporting actor. He's Tom fucking Hanks. So he won't win that because it'll be insulting to him and win that. Uh, best leading actor, what? Jonathan Price, Jack and Phoenix, Adam Driver, DiCaprio, Tony Banderas. DiCaprio probably get that. He's had one. Give him another one. Why not? No, uh, Renee Zellweger's going to win Best Leading Actress for Judy. Easy. It's just an easy thing to do. Uh, Best animated feature, whatever Disney have made that year. Um, yeah, Toy Story 4's got it easily. Best Original Music, Joker. What music? There's no music in that. I don't remember. Best Director, well, let's imagine give that to Best Film. Sam Mendes will win that. Sam Mendes should win that. There you go. Best Documentary Short Film. None of them seen any of it. No one sees these movies. No. Just pretentious people in their uh, berets and coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, um, yeah. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of. Randy Newman did the music for Marriage Story. Now I'll watch it. It's a Marriage Story. Right. <laughs> no. So do you know what? We'll do another podcast when we've seen the results, and we'll, we'll watch all the films. Uh, a bit of a short one because we just thought we'd do a little quick one before the film but we will see you next time and we'll be more critical maybe we'll watch all the films 
I'm critical geeks. Maybe we'll put on affected accents after watching this cockney gangster movie. And Whoa, like, you fucking geezer, you fucking subscribe, you little cunt. This is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe, it's hard to look right at you baby, but here's my number, so call me maybe.